Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm C. And this is Streaming Things. You heard it here. What are we even? <laughs> what is the show? What are we even? Hosted I by Chris, Andy, and Steven. Like an aim. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Is your I name Steven? Huh? Yeah, I got some bars, baby. Didn't know you had that in you, Stu. I felt it in my loins and oh. I brought it forth unto you. Fairly. <laughs> That's a callback. Uh, this is a show within a show on top. It shows all the way down. It used to be turtles. Now it shows. Shows on shows on shows. Mm-hmm. So we forgot to announce what we were doing this week. And the reason behind that is that we didn't know. And that's okay sometimes yeah. to, that, to flounder uh, in the maelstrom that is life, unsure of your direction. We had uh, options, but we weren't really uh, 100% co- like committed on any, any of them, really. We're like, do we do Conjuring? Do we do whatever else came out in theaters yeah, this week? It's sort of like most millennials in today's uh, dating atmosphere. There's mm-hmm. almost too many options. And so you just go with uh, a Bo Burnham special on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what we're going to do this evening. We're going to do our typical crossing stream segment with no kind of soundboard bumper or anything like that. We have heard no complaints about that. So we're going to continue that. And uh, then we're going to do a check the gate segment with TV and film I'm news. working on it. All right. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about Bo Burnham's new Netflix special inside, uh, which is the title and not where we're going to discuss it or rather it's both. Uh, So, yeah, that's what's in store for you. But a few uh, business things right at the top. If ever you decide you'd like to email us, you can do so by writing streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's streamingthingspod at gmail.com. And also, we have another way you can contact us if you would like to call us. Steve, is there a way you can do that? You can. You pick up your phone and you dial the number 859-757-4051. Let me repeat that because I kind of messed up. It's 859-757-4051. One. You know what super sucks is zeros and ones don't have letters applied to them. So when we first got the number, I was like, yeah, I'm going to figure out what, what, you know, word we can spell out with those numbers. You can't. No. None. No. Zero words. Not even one. (laughs) Uh, So we got an action packed show in store for you tonight. If you have never listened to us before, welcome. Thank you so much. Please take a moment when you're finished, if you liked it. To rate and review our podcast uh, on iTunes or wherever you're finding this, we would very much appreciate some extra attention. Uh, We do read those, by the way, as well. So it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. But more to the point, it helps us be discovered by others just like you by the algorithmic gods of the Internet. So if you could please take a moment. Praise be unto iTunes. Yes. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, Is there any other business I need to attend to? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. So let's let's move right into our crossing stream segment where it's exactly what it sounds like. We talk about things we've been watching, reading or doing since last we met. Andy, kick it off. Uh, so the other day, a couple of buddies came over to watch pool and uh, or watch pool. Jesus, play pool. Uh, I got a pool table. It's pretty sweet. Uh, so anyway, billiards. He means billiards. Billiards. After um, after we finished playing pool, we uh, we ordered some pizza. We we're hanging out in the living room and we we're like, all right, let's watch something and uh, pull up uh, Apple TV. And uh, my buddy's like, have you ever seen that show, Ted Lasso? And I was like, have I ever? Have you not? He was like, nah, is it any good? 
I was like, boy, is it? You're in for a treat, dude. So we watched. That's how he talks to his friends. That's exactly how I talk to my friends. That's, That's how you talk to Penny. 100% how I talk to people. I'm sorry. I'm single, ladies. <laughs> um, boy, how do you haven't seen this here movie? Uh, but yeah, so I started watching Ted Lasso and we ended up sitting there and watching four I episodes. I pictured Andy at a bar with a woman like, do you have a dick? And, boy, do I. <laughs> I could use it good too. <laughs> My mom said so. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, <but> yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we. So watched. yeah, please rate and review the show. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> so so we watched four episodes of. Ted Lasso and then they all left and I was like no fuck that I'm not done so I ended up watching all of season one of Ted Lasso in uh, in a night uh, it is a wonderful show um, it is sometimes what I need I, I, I've been having a pretty hard time with things lately in my life and uh, it's good to uh, have not just a comfort food but that that's like a comfort buffet that show yeah it uh, it soothes the soul it is a buffet for the brain, and I can't think of an H word for food for the heart. <laughs> but um, it's a hammock, an, or, an, hors, d'oeuvre, an hors d'oeuvre, <laughs> an a hors d'oeuvre, a ham hock of Perfect. hearts. It's technically an H word. It is, yeah. It's a hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> um, other than that, um, I uh, got on. Uh, another musical kick as I am want to do and uh, I listened to the entire soundtrack for the super culturally relevant 2003 wonderful musical Wicked mm. about the life and times of the Wicked Witch of the West uh, the music in that show is so good and I, uh, it's the music and I think the uh, lyrics as well were done by Stephen Schwartz uh, it's based off a book by Gregory Maguire, uh, Wicked, if you've ever read that. It's interesting. It's way, way different than the musical. I don't think either of you guys have seen Wicked. Am I correct in saying no. that? It was big Co- in high correct. school, but I never caught up to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I know the I music, could, but like I've never I couldn't believe it. how long ago it was. So anyway, I, I listened to the Wicked musical. That, again, was just like a something I used to listen to a lot with my mom. And so I was going back through it. And I, I got real hooked on it. And I became determined to learn this song for good. It's one of the like uh, closing songs to the musical. It's wonderful. I found this guitar arrangement online and uh, was determined to learn it. And so that's mostly what I've been doing with my time. The only other thing, it's something that I, I am hesitant to bring it up because I didn't fully watch it, but I discovered a watchable thing last night and it, it blew my mind and I love it. And so I want to bring it up. It's called The Last Drive-In. It is mm-hmm. um, a horror streaming live thing on Shudder where uh, it's basically like on Shudder they have it's a streaming service like any other service there's all these shows that you can watch but they also have what's called the shutter channel where it's just there's always something playing and so if i'm ever sitting around bored and i'm like want to watch something but don't know what to watch sometimes i'll open that and just say okay what whatever's on the fucking shutter channel let's go and so like i brought it up like a week or two ago and i ended up watching like part of a documentary about the making of the exorcist uh other times like It'll be some like super schlocky 70s horror movie that like 
you know, a woman with demon breasts and stuff. And it's like, there's a reason I've never heard of this movie. It's fucking terrible. But so last drive in the is, devil's ease. <laughs> that's awesome. classic i'm a big fan but yeah so the last drive-in is basically the sequel is called double devil d's it, it's kind of like that but it, it, it's so it airs at uh nine <laughs> sorry <laughs> it airs at uh nine uh 9 p.m eastern time uh every friday um while it's season is going on or whatever but they have like uh, big horror movie guests um, like Eli Roth has been on there and like directors of different uh, uh, horror movies and writers and stuff. And uh, they talk about like the background of these uh, movies and the making of them. And then you sit and watch the movie and then periodically it's all, it's almost kind of like a uh, mystery science theater thing where periodically the show will pause and they'll come back up and they'll be talking about it and stuff. Um, oh, so they paused the actual feature to that. That was the impression I got. Like I said, I'm, I'm hesitant to talk about it cause I only watched some of it. And what I watched last night was so bad. Like the, the movie that they were watching, it was like these drunk people like sitting there trying to make a horror movie in their kitchen and, uh, just the absolute worst lighting, dialogue, editing, everything. Uh, the, they did ADR for most of the dialogue and it was fucking atrocious. Uh, to be fair, they said in the lead up, like, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's so great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I hate watching it kind of thing. And it was like, I'm sitting there watching it like, oh my God, somebody actually finished this movie. It's insane. Uh, so part of me was like, still kind of impressed because I always appreciate somebody having the gumption to finish anything. Mm -hmm. But uh, that I was like, holy shit, man. But I was just really excited to find out that the show exists all because I'm a huge horror buff. So uh, I'm really excited to tune in next Friday and see what kind of weird things that I, I could find out about the uh, horror world. And what was that called? Uh, the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. I think it's the Joe Bob. Joe name. Bob Briggs. It's actually a really clever idea because what one thing we've lost with the streaming uh, revolution is the ability to just turn your TV on and watch whatever dumb shit's on there. You know, a lot of times I have so many options, and by the time I've kind of decided I want to watch something, it's been forty minutes, and now I'm like, well, now I don't have time to watch a whole movie before I should be going to bed. I just I'll just stare at my phone and contemplate ending it all for a little while <laughs> and like netflix has like you know let us pick for you you know what i mean of course i've never tried that because i'm always concerned it's gonna be like i have here's episode three of season four of bloodline no it's actually awesome. it works like it'll be a movie or something oh, but okay. every time i've tried it i'm like no you're dumb netflix I'm not watching that <laughs> <laughs> but, but so for the shutter channel it's it's literally like a channel like you don't pick up and like it start you pick up wherever they're at right you don't just you know hit play and it starts in the beginning so uh, it, it was really cool. It was just kind of jumping into, uh, ooh, what's this show about? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool because that also we don't, be, again, same thing because of streaming, we don't really get a lot of director commentaries or anything like that. And that seems to be able to, I mean, that's not the, the exact same thing because they obviously didn't make that film, but it's right. that they, same they were interviewing of, like Chris Jericho when I was watching a little bit of oh, the last hell night. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> You know, Channel little Steve horror Austin there. icon Chris Jericho. <laughs> he's been in some movies, I guess. Is like they're tying with yeah, that. Yeah, he's but. in like one Kevin Smith movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe two. He's a Klansman in one of them. Yeah. Were you streaming anything else? Uh, no, that was that was pretty much it. All right, Steve, what have you been up to? Uh, I've, I've streamed a couple things this week. So first off, I have continued to watch Mythic Quest. This week finally dropped this season's version of uh. 
Dark Quiet Death. So if you've paid attention to the show at all, you realize that like I loved last season's episode called Dark Quiet Death. It was a big departure from the overall story. And a bottle episode. A bottle episode, yes. And it, it it's not it's not only great TV, it's one of the best TV episodes of anything I've ever seen. And you don't even have to watch Mythic Quest to watch it. It's kind of pretty standalone. Uh, and this week, season two finally had what I assume would be equated to their this season's version of A Dark Quiet Death. I will say right off the gate, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as A Dark Quiet Death. Agreed. But it's still really, really good, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it definitely sticks out from the rest of the season. It's much more integrated into the overall plot compared to what A Dark Quiet Death was. But uh, definitely run, don't walk to check that out because it, it, it is very, it's, it's a very great show, and it only lends more to the the uh, the 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 praises that I've been singing about the show in terms of like how beautifully it's shot and mm-hmm. how I feel like the show is really starting to hit its stride and get better and better with each uh, episode. Yeah, my my wife and I have really been slow rolling uh, Mythic Quest, so I'm I think I'm only on like episode three, so I'm excited to keep going. But um, oh, we've got some good ones. That's Mythic Quest on Apple TV Plus. Steve, what else? Uh, the second thing I've been streaming is I went out on a limb. Okay, so I have Peacock. The streaming service. Brag about it. No big deal. I got it for four months. It's no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. I never opened that app, though, because I think the UI on this on that app is terrible. Uh It's worse than uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. It's way worse. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, I never downloaded it. The Peacock UI is insanely awful. Like, I don't know who, you know, they got in charge to design that, but it's terrible. But, you know, I was kind of like. You know, my four months subscription is going to be up, I think, next month. And I'm like, I haven't really used this. Let me pop in and see if there's something that piques my interest. And I Maybe did. Peacock's your interest? Peacock's my interest. Uh, I like that. That was good. Um, and on a whim, I opened it up. And the first thing I saw that piqued my interest was uh, <laughs> Resident Alien starring Alan Tudyk. And um, it's originally oh, airs on that. originally airs on sci-fi. I've heard really, really good things about the show, and I'm a huge fan of Alan. So I uh, booted up and started playing First name it. basis. Yeah, no you know, I've actually met Alan. So, yeah, so we are good friends. <laughs> There's a great story where I met him at a convention, and I was kind of shell-shocked to see him because, I mean, this it's Wash from Firefly, right? And so I'm like, oh, sir, I'm a big fan of yours. And my wife, who has no idea who she is or who he is, is like, yeah, he loves your show, Firefly or something. I don't know. And he's like, oh, great. I'm like, I also thought you were great as King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just starts doing King Candy right in front of me. And it was like, I'm six to midnight right now. Thank you. Um, But yeah, it's an interesting show. So it's not nearly what I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to be like a huge, like big comedy, goofy you know, Alan Tudyk pretending to be a human and oh, it's wacky and silly. And it, you know, it does have that. But the show is a lot darker, grittier, and there's a lot more drama in it than I really, really expected, which kind of caught me off guard at first. Um, to the point where like this show, I feel like it, it's, it was made this last year. So it came out in 2021, but it feels like it would have fit right in if it came out in 2005. Like it's got that type of vibe where everything's like kind of hopeful and 
No, no, no. Like, you know how like in 2005 when like TV was really like, oh, we can make dramas now and be taken seriously. And then, no, no, you don't have to go to the movie theater to see a serious thing. You can stay at home and turn on NBC and watch Lost. We can all be the Sopranos. Yes. So like it was, it's that thing where like, yes, this should be a goofy premise, but it's strangely serious. And who killed that person? Oh my God. Was it me? Maybe it was. Was it you? No. <laughs> uh, it was me, but uh, it, it it is it is funny. Oh, it? Alan the... Tudyk is great in it because he he walks this line of being lovable, goofy, and sinister. Uh, and and I can't because a, a, a big part of the show is you know obviously he's an alien who puts on this face of a human to fit into the small town in Colorado, but there's one child in town that sees him for what he is. Like there's no illusion. Like it's the only person in town that knows that's an alien. And and the kid like freaks out every time he sees him. And so a big part of the show early on is like, I'm going to kill that kid. (laughs) And it's like serious. Like he's like, I'm going to cut his bike tires. When he rides the school, he's going to go down the hill and crash. And then like the kid ends up surviving. And the the only bad thing about the show that I can complain about is sometimes, well, not sometimes, a lot of times, some of the things he says in front of people is just way too, not even alien, but just way too inappropriate for people. Like, oh, man, you're just so weird, doctor. That's an interesting thing to say. It's like, no, that's like, like, keep an eye on that guy. Weird. Like, <laughs> don't, mm-hmm. let, don't let him around people. <laughs> weird. Right. Um, but the good thing about it is there's a B plots with characters that obviously aren't aliens, but they have their own family drama going on. And I actually find that to be the most compelling part of the show. Um, there's a there's a character who uh, she had a child when she was 16, but she gave it up for adoption. And it's the drama of like finding that daughter and like the relationship that that daughter came from is an abusive relationship. So I really enjoy that storyline and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where it goes. I've only seen, I think, six episodes of it. Um so yeah, but I'm enjoying it. It's nowhere near as funny as I thought it would be, but still pleasantly surprised. And Alan Tudyk is really, really good in it. Yeah, I love Alan Tudyk. That's uh, what's that called again? Resident Resident Alien. Alien available on Peacock. Peacock. And what else you got there, Steve? Um, I'm gonna pause there because the other thing I streamed that's of note we will be talking about earlier. So Chris, what did you stream this week? Wonderful. I, I watched a couple things. Have you guys heard of a film called Writers of Justice? I think I might have told Andy about it. Or maybe to mention it to watch it or something. Is it writers or writers? Writers like writers on the storm. Mm, okay, no, uh, I haven't seen this. Uh, you know that song, though, don't you? Yes. <laughs> it stars Mads Mikkelsen, um, and it's actually a, a Danish film. It's directed by Anders Thomas Jensen, and he also directed a, a couple other things of note. But it, so it's completely uh, in oh, Danish. I always think of donuts when I think of that. But yeah, you know. <laughs> the Daneland. I, I uh, assume that's the name of the language. Yeah, for sure. Uh, not for sure, obviously, because I was confused, but pretty I'm, sure. I'm gonna look it doesn't up. even matter. So be careful. I rented this on, it's available in theaters, but I rented it on Apple TV. And be careful because I was very disappointed in Apple TV. It opted for the dubbed version first. Oh, yeah. Uh, so like a two seconds down, like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear your shitty B-tier vocalists. Um, <laughs> I want to hear the Danish. I want the subtitles. I'm a huge fan of Mads Mikkelsen. Ever since the first time I saw him was uh, probably a Casino Royale. Is that the first time? Yeah, I that was the first time I had been made I was like, aware that was a very unique looking person. Um, yeah. And then Andy, you became a huge fan of Hannibal. Is that right? I am a huge fan of Hannibal. I like he's I like Hannibal enough. a lot. He's, he's amazing. Um, a huge fan of his in general, whatever. So I, I, all I knew was that it was a John Wick-esque movie. Um, so what it's about, 
uh, Stark Man's Mexico. What it's about is uh, he's an army person, like he's in the military, right? And back home, his wife and daughter uh, are in like a train accident. Like this train, there's a terrorist uh, incident and the train kind of explodes, gets ripped in half. Um, and, and this is all in the trailer and part of the plot. So it's no spoilers. And the wife dies. So he has to come home from uh, being abroad and fighting in wars and whatnots and come to take care of his daughter. And he finds that there's some uh, tomfoolery afoot in the death and whether or not it was an accident on the train. And it becomes sort of like a revenge thriller. At least that's what I thought. I want to see Mads Mikkelsen being all John Wicky, right? Um, but that's not what it's... It, 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 it is that, but it's actually a genius element to it. It's a really good script. I really urge you guys to check it out. It's sort of a commentary on the revenge thriller uh, assaults that we're going through uh, and sort of the morality of it. Uh, it's a really f- darkly funny movie. I've never seen anything like it in my life uh, because there's also like these three goofy scientists and they're the ones that like collect the evidence and bring it to him to show like, hey, this is why this isn't an accident. And we think it was actually these the biker gang writers of justice that's behind this. Um, and I can't describe it to you, but they're, there's, they're like kind of mentally ill and unwell. And so there's a lot of comedy in their interactions with one another. Uh, they're like super hyper nerds with poor social skills. And he has poor social skills because he's a murderous trained killer that from the, from the military. And, uh, and then amidst it all as his daughter, that's just like, I really think we should get therapy and talk about things, you know? <laughs> so there's this, there's this wonderful attention on mental health and mental wellness in the midst of this like revenge thriller. Like imagine John wick with an extended session with a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. like how weird and jarring that would be in that film, but it actually really works in this movie. Um, I just, that's all I want to say. It super shocked me. I was belly laughing, uh, it, it, and I didn't expect it to be funny at all. That's not what I wanted to get out of it. It's sort of the opposite of the experience you had with uh, Resident Alien. Um, so that's Writers of Justice. Please check it out. It's for available for rent on Apple TV. It'll probably be available to stream here soon. Um, but I also have been playing a video game as my other thing. Ooh, the, a rare Chris playing a video game. Usually it's Annie and I being uh, nerds. So I had a, I'm, I'm going to get a little, put a little business out there. I had a, an give, incident. Give us that business. So I don't want to put too much of her business out there, but my, my wife has been struggling uh, like with like her mental wellness. And so I took some, some stock in myself and my inventory. And I realized that I have been working 50 to 60 hours a week. And then putting all extra energy uh, into my, you know, recovery from alcoholism, which is good, but also like this podcast and other artistic endeavors, right? Which aside from this podcast, no one really cares about, but I keep pushing like, that's what I want to do with my life. So I'm, I got to try, right? Uh, so I put a lot of energy into that and all my spare energy, I'm ashamed to say, uh, has been going into like Apex Legends, you know, because I just want to decompress and I tell myself I deserve it. I've worked for 12 hours today and then did a couple artistic projects, cleaned up the kitchen, did laundry. And now I just want to sit and shoot people for like FBI, I'm saying fictionally uh, for a couple <laughs> hours. Right. Um, and she's been just like getting lonely. Do you know what I mean? Um, which a lot of that's on her. She's a grown woman. She has things she needs to strive for. But at the same time, I've been a bad partner. So whatever. So I deleted Apex uh, and said, hey, I want to take some time when I do have time to be here present with you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to sit and, you know, we'll talk about different things that we're interested in. Listen to your day, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, maybe we could play a video game together. I'm like, hey, that would be fun. And in my head, I'm like, that sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> what are we going to play Mortal Kombat? I'm totally going to stomp you. You know, <laughs> like, all right, let's but try. Sometimes narrative games are a good uh, 
couple's thing to do. I had never experienced that. And that's what, so we found a game, actually she found it. It's called It Takes Two. Um, and it I think takes it, two. Baby. Yeah, it is that song. No, it's it not. It Takes Two. I think it came it, out. It's the Will Smith version. In uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just the Two of Us, that one. Yeah. Uh, I think it came out in March, like March 16th. So it's been out a while, but again, I'm not a huge gamer anymore. So I don't stay. Have you guys heard of this game? Yeah, yeah Andy absolutely. Has. Haze Light uh, Productions, they did uh, A Way Out. Um, was their last game. They're, they're both co-op only games. You yeah. have to play with someone So else. you were not allowed to play this game. Not like not allowed, like they'll come beat you up, but like it We physically- heard you were playing this game by yourself. <laughs> hey, what you doing? That's not allowed. Where's your buddy? Uh, the no. boss says you gotta get a partner. <laughs> Clap him. Uh, <laughs> it physically won't work. Hey, unless Spats, get him, sorry. You're playing a co-op. Uh, so... I, this game is beautiful. Uh, the animation's brilliant. The voice acting is shockingly good once I was able to hear it. Uh, <laughs> I actually had a technological issue. I almost had a nervous breakdown because like I'm trying to spend time with my wife. But like the music to the game was coming through my Sonos surround system, but not the like dialogue of the characters. Oh, weird. Because uh, I always play with my headset on because I'm by myself because I'm selfish. Uh, so I'd never noticed that. So I call Andy and he can't figure it out remotely. So he drove to my house and he's like, un- he's like unplugging the optical cord. And I'm literally just about to cry on my couch, letting him do all that. He's like, so have you tried this? And I'm like, no, who cares? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> he figured it out and left. And so we played it and um, the, yeah, the voice acting is incredible. The story is good. But anyone at home that's, I, I hate recommending this out loud. It sounds dumb, but I'm honestly, if you're having any kind of like, issues with a friend or a significant other like i don't know if you've tried this it never occurred to me uh but we've been getting some like serious bonding in playing this game because the way that it works you're it's a platformer and so like to get up to here and you each have a completely different game experience depending on your character uh so like my guy has like nails on his back and she has like a piece of a hammer and so i'll have to like throw the nails to a particular spot right as she's jumping so she can land on it with her hammer and swing up to the next platform and then remove that nail and put it where she needs to land next. Uh, So there's like extreme amount of teamwork involved. I have to like count like, okay, three, two, one, go. Uh, All the boss fights, we we each have a particular set of skills. Like we're each a separately in Mison and that's how we have to fight the (laughs) boss. And she's dying laughing and like, I'll mess with her and pull a nail out while she's walking on it and make her die. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's fun. (laughs) Like that's, it's really fun, really neat. But also the story, uh, are you familiar with the story, Andy? A little bit. Yeah, I was so about it, to ask if it was heavy handed or not. It, it is, but it's in a really fun way. Like, uh, uh, it's not too on the nose. So it's about a, a married couple that's about to get a divorce and the daughter overhears them. And she has made uh, dolls of both of her, each of her parents. And so she goes, she finds this like intentionally corny book of love and cries on the dolls. And when her tears hit it, her parents turn into the dolls. And so you play as the dolls running through sort of a toy story esque world. Now jumping on like, like, you know, doors are gargantuan and all this stuff, riding on toy cars. Yes, exactly. Um, I was curious just because like, yeah, I realized I've been uh, kind of a bad partner. So I thought I'd get my wife to play this game about divorce with me. Yeah. Well, (laughs) really it's actually, really helpful um i I figured that i mean it's a a fun co-op game they they, it wouldn't be a super tier yeah i mean she absolutely loves it's way more her wheelhouse as far as the style of game so i heard that it's really cool like no two set pieces are the same and that's one of its biggest strengths it's vast 
Uh, I mean, the the world building is really well done. There's not a whole lot of free roaming or stuff that I'm used to, but at the same time, it feels really lived in and it's just super fun. There's tons of different, every level's different. So it's like, I told you about the nail and the hammer. Well, it's like the next world we went to, we got outside the shed and we're in the grass now. We had to climb up this tree and we got the book of love is anthropomorphized. So he comes out and he's like this Spaniard. It's like, hey, so you need to find your love again. And which is weird, but then he throws you, and I'm really sorry for that impersonation. That was, I actually think it was pretty good. I, I, you nailed it. <laughs> then he'll like throw you ropes and now you can swing on the trees. And uh, once you get inside the tree, you get like dragged in by uh, squirrels in army fatigues. And they've been yeah. in this middle of this horrible war with wasps. And they're like, we think it's a spy. And so, <laughs> so they like, you're, you're tied up to a chair and they're like, the squirrels think you're a spy for the wasps. But they give you like... Uh, a tree sap gun that they made out of like a water squirt bottle tip. And then she gets a rocket launcher. Uh, Conquers bad fur day vibe. Kind of. Yeah. But then like, (laughs) yeah. So the rocket gets attracted to the sap. So anytime she wants to shoot anything, I have to shoot it with the sap. Uh, It's just really intuitive. I know I'm going on and on about this game, but a, I don't play a lot of games and B I've never had this experience since I was a kid of like a really fun, interactive couch co-op. So it's like, we have to figure out puzzles together and then she'll be like, oh, no, 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 shoot that with your sap and it'll weigh it down and the bridge will come down to us. And then if I go over there, I can shoot the sap off and raise it again and f- shoot you up to that platform. Uh, and I'm like, oh, shit, you're so smart. I love you. You know, and it's just fun. I really highly recommend it. Um, I don't know how awkward. Like, I think it'd be kind of weird if I was playing it with you, Andy. Like, not really. I, don't, I was supposed to play it with Jimmy. and We just both got busy and like, you're wondering if it's too on the nose, but I'm like, this is actually perfect for Carissa and I, mm-hmm. but just with, I don't know if that it would resonate with you and I, I would almost rather shoot aliens with you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I, I'm super into co-op games. So fun fact about those games is, uh, or at least the, the two co-op only games that Hazelight has done. Uh, you only have to buy one copy to yeah, and then you get a friend with pass. somebody. You send the pass to somebody else, and you can play together. It's really cool. Oh, that's great. Okay, so if you're if you found yourself, especially throughout quarantine, just kind of really falling into a selfish hole uh, and feeling distant from somebody you care about, maybe try this game. It's I think I think I paid thirty bucks, and then like Andy said, the the friends pass is free, so you can play it with somebody remotely if that's your thing uh, or what you have to do. Um, but I, I know it sounds weird, like, hey, I found a way to connect with her digitally and it's wonderful, but it really has helped us a lot. And she feels like I've been paying a lot more uh, attention uh, and spending some of, you know, our precious time together has meant a lot to her and to me. So I would recommend it. It's called It Takes Two. Uh, I bought it on PlayStation, but I'm sure it's available on multiple platforms. I'm not actually sure. Sometimes that's it's not true on Xbox. PC <laughs> okay, good, as well. good. I just remember at the last second, that's often not true. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> it's that's an EA game, is. so it's on everything. We should do an episode sometime where it's like, you know, co-op games or communal game experiences that we have had in the past. I think that'd be a good episode. That would be good. Would be good. Uh, Because I haven't had any since in Nintendo 64 when that was like, you know, a a real hardcore thing that everybody did. Except Um, for when we used to do drugs and sit in his bedroom and play Resident Evil 5 and stuff. Yeah. Drugs are fun. That brings (laughs) us to our Check the Gate segment. Check it. That was the voice I did it in originally. Sorry, Steve. I just found a, I think a booger. I'm not sure, but I don't you know. You were like do. digging for gold. I don't know what to do. You were about to struck out, strike oil. Speaking of oil, 
Here, let me shake your hand real quick. <laughs> We've got the hottest, steamiest, freshest takes in TV and film news right here on our Check the Gate segment that you can find literally anywhere else. You heard it here third. That's our motto here on streaming things. I'm, were you guys aware that the uh, list for the Cannes Festival came out recently? Oh, no, I didn't know. So they released the film list for the uh, Festival de Cannes. I don't know. how Andy, how would you say that? You nailed it. It doesn't matter. I did it well. Um, and in Festival Spain, they would say, Canis. I'm just kidding. Yay, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the man. festival. I'm sorry. So that's the Show last time I do that. Too, bro. <laughs> uh, but there's some exciting things on that list. The uh, The French Dispatch will be premiering at Cannes. Ooh, uh, oh, yeah. Very excited about that. And there's some other gems. So I highly recommend you Google that your damn self and read through that because it's a joy. There's uh, an intern at work who uh, is having another internship where she's going to be working at can this year she's oh, so dope. double interning yeah she I'm gets twice so the pay they're, she, <laughs> they're definitely not paying her at can oh america that's still wonderful <laughs> i'm really jealous that's awesome um so i got some casting news did you guys hear that donnie yin has been cast in john wick four i did not I heard about that. Yeah. That's got to be absolutely bonkers. You got Ip Man in the John Wick universe. That's mm. going to be amazing. Are they going to fight? I, I, I don't know. They better. I would imagine they would and then maybe team up. Or will they? I think he's like on John Wick's side. Actually, I did read a little oh, bit okay. about more spoilers than I typically like. I'm so used to them like, here's this great martial arts guy. Oh, I can't wait till John Wick dispatches them. <laughs> or, oh, hey, there's Common. <laughs> oh yeah that's great Come ruby on. rose didn't know i wanted that ruby. and i don't i will say you know this might be a hot take but ruby, hot take coming in ruby rose that was a great look for her i'm just saying like she looks so badass in that movie and she's like doing her yeah, she's asl a, stuff she looks amazing nah, absolutely mean, that was like one of the first movies where i saw ruby rose like in an actual film so i'm like man she's crushing it I, I think put that, her in more action stuff i think that was her film debut was it okay i, I don't that know I, I think she I debuted in Oh, maybe that was before Xander returns or whatever. Xander, oh, dude, something. Xander the return get, of Xander Cage. Xander yeah. gets Xandery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, other great news: Dave season two, the Little Dicky show. You guys are big fans of Dave Fuck as well, yeah, right? I've never seen it, but I oh, know what it Dave. Is. Oh my so god, dude! Fun. I know he to be that guy. Like, oh my god, that one thing yeah, you didn't see I that know. I did. But it, dude, yeah, it is hilarious. Dude, Genius, the, in fact. The Dave ad that would play before anything I watched on Hulu is legendary to me because I would just play like I listen to that little song they sang in the in that trailer all the time. Can yeah. I? Re, do you remember when I asked you to watch In and of Itself for weeks, and then you finally did, and you're like, "That was fucking amazing." Yeah. I say this to you now about Dave. <laughs> Dave is that important to me? I will watch it. The By Dave, of, I mean Dave like, Bird. Episode two or three. It's early on. Was hands down the funniest thing of last year i laughed so hard like even well after the credits he threw those stopped. underwear away i i, I could not <laughs> stop dude it was so funny i'll watch it i'll watch it, it is hilarious but anyway dave season two premieres on june 16th and so selfishly i would like to talk about it a lot and so i'd like you to be caught up you know what i'm saying i i will catch up uh, but you don't have to like feel pressure but do it um, i don't feel pressure when my my Friends with great taste tell me to watch great things. Yeah, we do taste great things. I will wait. What? <laughs> also, speaking of tasting great, my segues are on point today. Loki debuts on Wednesday. What? Wednesday, which I think is what? June 9th. 
So today, as we record, is Saturday. So it's a mere uh, four sleeps. I'm so low-key that- excited about that. Uh, I made that same joke at work. We are awesome. Damn it. Everything is awesome. Uh, My so- excitement is ice giant sized. We are all very excited <clears throat> about Loki, are we not? I'm very excited. I, don't, yes. I forget to take the temperature of the room here. No, I'm, I think I'm, we're all pretty on point with that I'm trailer. I'm super like, excited because A, it's Loki. B, it looks like it has a very unique style. Yeah. I think look to it. And, and C, Owen Wilson. Four letters. Owen oh. Wilson. Wow. 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 Mm. I'm hanging out here with Loki. I have pretty <laughs> severe uh, superhero fatigue. Sure. Like, absolutely. Ju- like Jupiter ascending or whatever it's called. I didn't oh, even did you watch, watch that? I was like, good. I was, I was like, I'm glad that's canceled. Like, yeah. and which is a terrible thing you to say, but that? I, no, I didn't watch oh, that. Okay. Yeah. I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, yeah, that looks like shit. And yeah. then when they canceled, like, they spent well, no, $200 duh. million dollars on that. I was Jesus. Just, why? That looks so awful. You're trying to capitalize on that boy's money, baby. And that, that, that was, is a it supposed poor... to be funny? Cause like in, in the, like, I, I don't only, know. I didn't even, I even so. saw a trailer. I just saw like set photos and I was the, like, those costumes look fucking terrible. The trailer did not make it seem like it was funny. The trailer made it look like it was incredibly serious. But like I never finished invincible. Um, and I know invincible is really well done. Um, you piece of shit, but like, I'm just <laughs> super duper burnout, but like Are you super burnout Andy, super duper burnout. On superheroes. On superheroes. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm i still actually kind of excited for Loki, but mostly because I love Tommy Boy. So Not the movie with Chris Farley and David Spade, but Tom Hiddleston is what he said. I just want our listeners to be I call him Tommy. up to date with us. Uh, yeah, I think Loki has the potential to be sort of a departure and almost uh, a relief from that fatigue in the way that WandaVision somewhat was until the finale, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I'm excited for that. And we'll probably talk about it a lot on next week's show. Um, and then uh, Cruella was, so do you remember my huge complaint that uh, she was not Cruella-y enough at yes. the end? Like, while, while I liked how it ended, it didn't make sense as a prequel. It's like, she's not, I can't see how she soon becomes an evil person. That's because I should have fucking known. They're making Cruella more. 2 just yeah. got greenlit. And I, I, for one, as much as I actually really loved that movie, this saddens me and I don't want to see it. What do you guys think? I will, but what do you guys think? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I'll see it. It's not going to be as good as the first one because I, and I don't think you're ever going to get the, she's Cruella E enough because I mean, if I, if you look at Maleficent and then mm. Maleficent two, she never becomes Maleficent that you see in sleeping beauty. She never becomes the evil one. So, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to do that. This is just like a, not a prequel, but more of like an alternate timeline of what if Cruella was good type thing. I want the rated R Cruella too. Like, I want to see her skinning the dogs and shit. You know what I mean? Like, get fucking I've been watching too much last drive in, Andy. (laughs) Damn it. Last week, I saw a tweet from uh, writer Matt Fowler, and he said something like, when am I going to get my sexy reboot or or, uh, my sexy Gargamel prequel movie? (laughs) (laughs) and more news speaking of sexy gargamel uh a quiet place part three was greenlit huzzah it is to be directed not by john krasinski but jeff nichols he uh, directed did you guys see midnight special that michael shannon movie i never saw that I'm really bummed at myself for not. It was it's really good. I think he's going to do uh, have an interesting take. Uh, I'm pretty excited for Quiet Place Part Three, but I just thought I'd drop that in there. I thought it was interesting that John Krasinski will not be the director, but I think he is he's writing, writing it. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I say he. I, I saw some interview where he said that he had uh, left little Easter eggs for himself to where he could pick up uh, the story. Yeah, which is cool. Clever man that John, also known as Jim. He's a good man. 
2023. Dang. Yep, so it's going to be released quickly. I meant to say that. Yeah. Good, good on you, Andy. Hopping in with his own gate, if Super you will. And then finally for casting news, Christina Ricci has been added to the roster of Matrix 4. Have you guys heard about this? I keep forgetting they're making Matrix 4, but yeah, I, I saw that today that Christina Ricci was Isn't added. it like Who coming out there? this year on HBO Max? I have no Not idea. Not making it. I mean, I I, I had thought it. Do you have who else is going to be in Matrix 4? Because I remember it being like a pretty star-studded cast, but I, other than, you know, the usual well, Of course, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Henwick. I absolutely love Jessica Henwick. That's awesome. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Priyanka Chopra. She did. Jonathan Groff. No shit. Is going to be in... Oh, oh yeah. That's one thing that I forgot to say that I, uh, in my crossing streams, I listened to the 36 Questions uh, podcast musical starring Jonathan Groff. Have you guys heard about this? No. No. It's really good. It's in like six parts, I think, but it is 100% a podcast musical. And it's not like he's one or anything. It's just, it's a one-off thing. Uh, it's about like this couple that separated and they uh, bonded over like 36 questions from a magazine dating profile thing. And uh, it's about them like trying, or the the woman mostly trying to reconcile with her ex-husband and uh is delightful, and I, I think you should check it out. <laughs> All right. That's 36 questions with yeah, sorry, Jonathan Sorry Goff. for being late on that. I forgot about it. <laughs> but he'll also be in Matrix 4. Uh, Jada Pinkett-Smith is back. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Do you know him? He was in uh, Watchmen. Watchmen, yeah. He was oh, that Dr. guy. Okay, Manhattan. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And he was actually in, what was that Netflix show by Boz Lerman uh, that I like, but the nobody else down. watched? The Get Down. That's right. Um, <laughs> anyway, star-studded cast. Uh, I think it's going to be amazing. But Christina Ricci, so... How do you are? Do you guys have a storied history with Christina Ricci? We're all about the same age. I mean, I've always enjoyed Christina Ricci. I feel like she's a big part of all of our childhood because she's a she's like our age. So growing up, she was in like Adam's family, Casper. I was trying to remember Adam's family, Casper. Casper. So she was in a lot of seminal films when we were kids, and then like as you got older, obviously like Black Snake Moan, yeah, Black Snake Moan. Yeah, I've seen scenes of things that she's. I've seen that movie like a (laughs) hundred times. It's actually a really interesting script. It's a very Uh, interesting. Samuel Jackson's awesome in it. Uh, but it also changed my life. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. But Christina Ricci is one of those actresses that I've always liked, but I, she's I, so I've, dynamic. I've always felt that I wish she was in more things. Cause I, I feel like she's not, that I feel like she hasn't anymore. worked. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why when that casting news came out, I was like, what, 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 what? Christina um, Ricci? Very, very intrigued. It could be like a, like a, I don't know, Quentin Tarantino esque assance of, of a reach assance. I'd with be this all about a reach Lana Wachowski's envision of, of, of Christina Ricci. I'm very excited for that. What was that Lizzie Borden movie she was in? Was she in that? I didn't watch it. I thought the one so. with, maybe I'm making that up. The one with Kristen Stewart. Oh, I'm just making it up. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> any hosel. I have she was to, definitely in the horror ax murderer thing. I have one last piece of news. It's actually probably the smallest news on this list, but it meant so much to me. And I actually want to play a little bit of music uh, to show you guys what it is. I did it again. I had two musicals this time and didn't have music. Sorry. (laughs) Every time. Oh, I know what this is. So they're re-releasing the expanded edition of the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. And it includes, among many things, Brie Larson's version of Black Sheep by the band Metric. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought, Steve, I said, you probably know what this is. Uh, Steve because, loves Metric. Yeah, he's the one that showed me this Super band like this four band. years ago. My favorite band. 
you probably won't like this version as much then right oh i've always said that why would you listen to the brie larson version when you can listen to metric now, nothing, like I said, it's not bad. I, I think it's great that it exists. I mean, her it's vocals a, aren't as good, but it's it's neat that it's that version. It's insane that it's taken this long for this to be released. Absolutely bonkers. It's been 20 years? Well, 10 years. 10, 10 years. years. 10 years. Wait, what? The soundtrack's just well, being 11. released for the first time? This, this version this with version. Brie Larson. Oh, it's all over. It's again. got other versions by Beck songs, and um, I'm really excited yeah, to get it on vinyl. Own, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna buy it on vinyl. Just so maybe I'll run into Edgar someday. I'm like, hey, E bomb, what's up? Do you want to sign this? <laughs> He'd be like, well, do you always carry this around? And I'll be like, absolutely. That's just why you should sign it because I deserve it. <laughs> I also think it's funny, Andy. You said you forgot to play music to your musical sections, uh, but we discussed that I was gonna play music before we started the show, and, and I, I was even, even looking at you, and I think Steve was I actually too. Explicitly said, like, are you gonna have any musicals this time, buddy? And you're like, yeah. no, I'm good. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, guys. <laughs> then he had the gall. Next time. No, we don't want it. No, I, we don't want it. I listen to musical no, shit your all the time. So Andy, it's going to happen again. Andy, Andy, you missed your chance. Steven. <laughs> Straight is left. Andrew. <laughs> uh, that brings us to a close of our Check the Gate segment, which brings us to our main event, our discussion of Bo Burnham's Inside. Such a funky I grew beat. up as your usual suburbanite, a tiny town in Massachusetts. This is a good song. It is. It's one of those I don't want to stop. <laughs> I don't think we can legally keep going. Yeah. So, but yeah, Bo Burnham, what's it called? Inside? Inside. So I think this is one of those things. I know Steve was a little like, should we do the whole episode on that? Is this like a large enough thing? And you were right to ask that because there's a lot of other big movie premieres and things going on. A, nobody gives a fuck what streaming things does, right? Let's just be honest. Also, B, the more important letter. I actually think this was a really seminal, important thing that happened this week. I think the world stopped for Mr. Bo. He's Bo Yo. Um, and there was a lot of layers to what was going on in this special and so I wanted us to discuss it to see our each, you know, how we each individually, uh, you know, reacted to this and our relationship to it, because I think we probably had a unique one. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's first I don't know how well we can do spoiler or non-spoiler, but we can have just a really brief well, it's, there's reaction. No plot, so there's no real spoilers, I guess. But. But, but at the same time, I think because such a large comedic element, I mean, nothing's comedy yeah, is ruined when you know jokes, what's coming. Sure. Right. I don't know why you rolled your eyes, but that's definitely a thing um but i wasn't rolling my eyes oh you're just okay so guys are you getting a divorce yeah we need to play it takes two <laughs> i think it's what we need to do we need to play it takes two um so i think we should have overall thoughts just really briefly and then maybe play the spoiler bumper that way we just won't feel weird about saying sure. whatever yeah um so let's start that now andy i know i think you watched it before any of us i did i watched it as soon as it dropped so you might have beat a lot of like the internet buzz coloring your reaction because i had already seen so many like it's genius before i saw it um and as much as i hate myself for it it probably colored it a little bit so what was your reaction to inside oh i loved it i thought it was incredibly creative um really extremely heartfelt uh and occasionally heartbreaking um I think that that dude uh, has matured a lot, both as a filmmaker and as a comedian. Uh, Obviously, like that uh, little bumper track that we just used was all about how he used to be a lot more problematic and stuff. And uh, And you've watched him 
I guess it's worth yeah. noting your relationship with him in general. You've watched him since he came out on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch him a ton on YouTube or anything. I was familiar with Boyo and stuff, but, uh, uh, no, I've watched all this, but I actually, uh, rewatched his, uh, special what right after, uh, I watched inside and, uh, hundred percent. He did used to be, uh, say a couple of things that he pro- have not aged well. Um, but I think that that was, again, part of the comedy. And I, I, th- I feel like there's and this isn't the right time to have this conversation, but I feel like there's a fine line on what is cancelable and what is not. And I don't think he's ever come anywhere close to needing to acknowledge that he's done problematic things. I think that he has always erred on the side of the right. Sure. The correct, not the right, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but oh, <laughs> can't use directions anymore. They ruined. It. But uh, <laughs> but inside um, I. It was extremely interesting from a filmmaking perspective, uh, you know, as somebody who has dabbled in uh, cinematography, it was super neat to like, th- there's so many behind, behind the scenes moments throughout this where you just see him fiddling with his gear and stuff. And uh, it was really neat to see see the process literally happen on screen. And the, the I think it was extremely brave editing for him to uh, leave that kind of stuff in there and uh I, I like it could easily have been uh self-aggrandizing and like just flat out boring to watch dude fiddle with lights and stuff but mm. i think he had a really good balance with it i will say that uh i miss getting to see his interaction with a crowd uh that that's a huge part of his uh special he i mean he's never been in the comedian to be have like a call and response guy in the red shirt you know right but he uh well, well, he, he has. You guys he together? Have, you married? No. He, he, he has little bits of that, like in what early on he's like he's doing his dumb dance around stuff, and then it starts going prolonged eye contact, and like the camera zooms in on a girl in the audience, and he just keeps like staring at her and moving all slow and stuff, and it's like his version of interacting with the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's his crowd work because he is occasionally crass and. Um, a little out of left field, the the audience reaction to the types of things he says has always really lent itself to special. And it, I guess it does for any uh, comedian or comedy special, but I feel like especially for his. Uh, so I did miss that aspect of it. And I think that he was aware of that in making it. And he kind of acknowledges throughout the process of the uh, special, like who the fuck can do comedy at a time like this? And, uh, you know, that's kind of a big part of what the show's about. Uh, but I think that he, uh, he, he deals with the, the issue of creating a comedy special at a time where you can't have an audience and the world is going through hell. I think he deals with that issue admirably and he created something that is wonderful. Yeah. I think it's worth saying, I don't know if we said this at the top, but it's a comedy special that he made over the course of a year at his apartment during quarantine in the COVID right. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we've said that. No, I didn't. I didn't explain it at all because, you know, I like to let the audience do the work. (laughs) Almost makes them part of the show. I'm I'm somewhat of a genius in that way. Yeah, they got to work for the they got to work for the. That's part of the reason I really wanted to talk about this with you guys, too. Andy hit on something because I know that I felt this way and you guys are much more like uh, tech savvy and gear oriented with filmmaking. Like I'm more of a pen and paper kind of guy in the crew. So watching it, I kept thinking at all watching all the little pieces of equipment for instance and wondering oh how neat that would be or what is that and i thought oh i wonder what andy thinks about what that is or i wonder what steve's thinking about the editing that's going on here um i didn't know bo had these skills or did he just sit and tinker on his macbook for the entire year um i also thought and this is a little selfish and shitty of me but 
how neat would it be to be a millionaire and just fucking order anything yeah. I thought I might need for this project <laughs> sure. whenever I thought of it? Because each of those things is very expensive. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I don't want to ruin Steve's overall thoughts, but can we take a second and just have like a... Uh, uh, filmmaking gear discussion. No, and that, like, that was actually going to be a big part of what I was, okay, that was good, speaking about was, good segue. Uh, so I, I'm not super, I'm not super acclimated to Bo Burnham. Um, I know a couple episodes ago, I mistook Bo Burnham for Mike Birbiglia. You did. So my feud is with Mike Birbiglia, not Bo Burnham. I know who Bo is. I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan. I'm just not super familiar with his work. I was just, I didn't know who he was really. I don't have that. I knew he was the song guy. And, uh, so when you guys were like, oh, we got to watch Bo Burnham special, I'm like, okay, I don't really care, but sure. And uh, so when I finally watched, I watched it today, and I, the only person that I had seen talking about it was Andy, who was like, you guys have to watch Bo Burnham. It's like, yeah, dude, I know. We're going to do the episode. I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched it today. So I had no expectations. I had no inclinations or anything about what I was getting into other than it's a comedy special, quote unquote. And... I have to say, you know, listener, months ago, Chris was like, you have to watch in and of itself. It's genius. It's amazing work of art. That's how I feel about the special. And, you know, I'll, I'll wheel it back around to the tech side. As someone who does a lot of filmmaking, I'm always on video productions. I edit a lot. Um, this was so amazing because some of the stuff he does, he literally shoots everything in one room. It all takes place in one room of his house. And you can see different angles of the, how actual small that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a small room. So as I'm watching it, it is incredible how creative some of the dance numbers are in terms of what he's able to. Like he uses a lot of lights, uses like reflections, tons he's, of lights. He, he uses very lights. dramatic close ups. And there's always a theme to every song has like a very distinct theme. Like there's like a one, one song has like some crazy Christian themes to it, which is it was actually the song that we played earlier. There's a lot of Christian mm. metaphorical uh, scenery to that to it. There's a great scene where he's talking about I won't even get into that, but it's it's very colorful and it could be easily boring to watch. But he's so creative and innovative with what he's how he's telling these uh, stories through song and pairing it with the visuals and that and that goes with the editing. He did, I think he has a very sharp mind, like Andy alluded to, of including some of the behind the scenes stuff, but also using the cutting in terms of like how to create comedy. Like there's some comedy in just the way he cuts back and forth between things. Um, I, there there are several times I found myself like. Yeah, he's how is he pulling that shot off, man? His camera has to be an 8K camera because a 4K camera can't do that. And then like later on, he has a song about having four 8K cameras. I'm like, yeah, totally, because I don't see no dollies in that house. How's he doing these digital pushes? Oh, that's <laughs> gotta, they were all digital pushes. That's be was 8K. that an 8K camera? I thought it was a Lumix S8, S1H. Well, I thought that was a 4K camera. I didn't get a good look at the camera, but at one point he does in one of his songs specifically call out 8K cameras. Oh, okay. Um, the the lights that he uses, not necessarily the, the bi-color, multi-color lights he's camera. using. Oh, okay. There's an in between K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine um, is a 4.8 K. It's dumb, but it's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got that point eight. Yeah, buddy. Um, some of the light seeds that he he's using, we actually literally just bought for work um, last month. So as as I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh, I was just messing with that, and I got it paired on my phone so I could do the thing he was doing on his phone. Yeah, he almost when he was filming. Like I used to use loop pedals and distortion pedals when I was a you know a, a guitarist. And there's one song in particular where he's able to almost loop the light setup and kick it with his feet. Mm -hmm. uh, just little shit like that where mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I want to play with that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I 
I have no uh, shame in admitting this, but I am 100% going to be stealing some of the techniques that he's using in the show. Like at one point, he's got a handheld LED and the way he's using it is he's like rotating it around his, he's just standing in the middle of the room and he's rotating this light that he's holding. It just around, changes and it's, the ambiance dramatically. And it's creating this amazing shadow and ambiance. And then when he doesn't want to use it anymore, he just hides it behind his back and, you know, takes out the light completely. And then he'll bring it back when he needs to. And it adds so much dramatic flair to what he's doing. And like I said, we just bought those lights at work and I'm like, I'm stealing the shit out of this. So mm-hmm. this is such a good idea. So as someone who is a filmmaker, like I was just so thoroughly, I was more impressed that he shot this and uh, did he edit it? No. He shot and edited it. Yeah. So he shot he it by everything. himself. He wrote all the music. He performs on everything. It, this is like all on him. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible because I know as someone who's like on sets manning those lights or manning a camera. And if you're doing a, a very intricate, you know, um, performance like that, just being on the technical side, that is, you know, stressful because you have to make sure you're hitting all the cues and whatnot. But this dude is not only doing that, he's also filming it and he's performing at the same time. And it's just, I cannot imagine the skill and the talent that goes in into the uh, to making something like this it's 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 honestly breathtaking and incredible uh for what it is it's it's i mean not even for what it is what it is is amazing it's so great <laughs> but I've, chris what do you think overall i mean i can't say any more than you or i can't say it any better than the way you guys did but um i agree with you it's a, it's going to become almost masturbatory because i absolutely adored this uh special um and i i guess you know normally we have a few pointers and, and, and nags and things, but I, I don't have much other than just to marvel that he was able to do this. Um, I, I watched it uh, uh, a couple of nights after Andy and Carissa kind of came in, tried to say something to me, and I just kind of like waved because I was entranced. Um, and I'm, I'm glad because I, I told her, I was like, hey, do you want to sit down? This is going to be really funny because I know who Bo Burnham is. Uh, and it was really funny, but it also wasn't. Yeah. And so I'm glad that I was there. I kind of, I'm glad I was alone. It was uh, fucking dark in parts, dude. It was in, in, in a good way, in a cathartic way. Um, and I, I, I really want to get into spoilers so I don't have to worry or stumble at all. So let's just go ahead and do that. And then we'll go around again uh, really quick. You are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit. Once got um what what are you doing over there i just got an invitation to play apex legends i was showing chris like (laughs) i've never once got an invite to play this game by anybody and then as soon as he deletes it now somebody somebody (laughs) they lost their third bro (laughs) somebody really needs a squad mate (laughs) well i actually also want to say um kind of going back to general thoughts um this kind of struck me as i hit the spoiler bumper but as a millennial hello there's there's so many of us hello (laughs) um this special i could almost call is like the the just like what it what a millennial is really distilled into that because I hundred percent I felt so much like of what he was saying like I I really um just found myself sympathizing and just seeing myself and just what he how he viewed the world and how everything was going on around him and everything and then there's a part where he's like and then these zoomers are making fun of me i'm like yeah why are they making fun of us (laughs) i didn't do anything to them that there's that's what i said earlier about the layers to it i i think so many people uh are identifying with the the quarantine madness because you can slowly see his hair grow longer his beard grow longer um his songs are start very become beat and they become really like slowed down and 
genius. Crazy the, by the, end the of it. first half hour of the of the special is classic Bo Burnham. Like mm-hmm. it's very much early aughts YouTube Bo Burnham. They're peppy, they're clever, uh, but they're they're not that deep. You know what I mean? Not necessarily. And then they slowly become this like Lars von Trier, uh, like just maelstrom of mental health. And uh, he did that on purpose. Obviously, that actually happened throughout the course of quarantine. But I think it was very much an artistic choice as sure, well. Sure, he knew what he was doing. Um, and so, but anyway, I don't even identify with. I had a pretty good quarantine, relatively. I fucking hate my job. I idolize about staying in my house and being a content creator and talking to my friends virtually every day because I have sensory issues and I don't like to be overly stimulated. So I like being able to turn it off, right? So I didn't actually identify with like the stuck in the houseness because I had to go to work every day throughout the entire of 2020. Um, but I did identify with the absolute psychotic over analysis of oneself and mm-hmm. like him saying a joke and then analyzing if that was offensive and then really intelligently poking fun at himself. Uh, but also actually sincerely apologizing because he's not sure if that is offensive. And I, I my God, I yeah, felt yeah. so fucking seen in that moment. Because like yeah. doing this show, I want to be apologizing for the last verse. Yeah, and like, shit, it's crazy. I, I want to be true to myself and what I think's funny. But then like I'll impersonate a, a Spaniard and then see Andy's look of horror and then say, ah, "The fuck it, I'm going to keep going because that's comedy." I know. I'm just saying like we experience that on this show and and, and everything that we do. I made a joke about fucking my mom earlier. You did, and that was, I think, too much. But who's to say for sure? Uh, And like, it's just this constant like fear that I, I not just being canceled or whatever the fuck that is, if that even is real, but. Am I being hurtful? Is Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, Genuinely, because I don't want to hurt anybody, but. I also want to be true to myself and I don't want to be constantly tripping over my words. And uh, I don't know. I just, I saw that in Bo and there was that layer to it that I was like, wow, this is, this is important and Mm -hmm. people need to pay attention and his complete self-assurance. Like when he's doing that song about, um, you know, being white and I have something to say and don't worry, I'm going to fix this. And, you know, he's aware that like, I should probably just shut the fuck up, you know, but I can't help it. I can't. <laughs> he jumps right into yeah. the first. Um, and then so later good. on in the special, he, he literally goes on a rant. Like, can somebody just one person, can anyone just shut the fuck up? Yeah. Just, just shut the fuck up for just, like, just for a second, just shut and up. And then you might say, should I be doing that now? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Very there, awesome. There's also some really, so obviously he's got the songs and then usually there's some sort of transitional element to the next song. Not necessarily like a full transition. It could just be a complete like hard cut to a different thing, hard cut to the next song. Mm-hmm. But some of the in-between moments are really, really genius. Like the one I texted Andy one that I was cackling at. I don't know if anyone else would cackle at this like I did, but literally all he's doing is he's mocking like a podcaster. Like I'm sure like we've done this type of thing before or a YouTube star is like, Hey guys, thank you so much for watching the show. It really means a lot to me. You just got to hit that subscribe button. But the whole time he's holding a knife. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And like he's doing the exact same thing that we've done, but all he's added is just put a knife in his hand and all of a sudden it becomes psychotically threatening. (laughs) And that one little addition is just so fucking smart and hilarious i, I yeah. love that part and there's a bunch of those sprinkled in throughout the whole uh the whole special dude i love like the you were talking about like his uh self-assessment uh to to an insane degree the uh the bit that he does where he is uh doing a let's review 
And uh, oh, yeah. so he's I, he's like reviewing a bit of his own uh, previous stand up or something. And then eventually his review pops up in the corner. He's like, oh, well, this is fucking weird. And then he's, I, I'm reviewing you know, my review. I, and he just keeps running with it and it ends up happening like four more times, like this infinity loop thing. And I, dude, I, it was like super funny and clever to watch it happen. But I was also like, this is actually fucking genius. Like, yeah, where does it end? Uh, like I sit there with and like when I'm babysitting my nephews or some shit, they don't play video games. They watch people play video games, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. He's got that Twitch uh, joke halfway through where he's simulating being a Twitch streamer. He's like, "All right, guys, I'm gonna play this game," but the game he's playing is just all walks around cries, walking around and like press A to cry. And he's like, that was so <laughs> fucking genius. I, I laugh so hard when like he, it's like press B to play the piano, and he starts playing the piano. He's like, oh, he looks really happy, and then when the animation <laughs> stops, he's like, "Oh, I guess he would cry now." Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah super awesome um what what, what do you think <laughs> what do you think uh, was your favorite song definitely the one with the sock puppet like it was the super oh, super catchy good. really funny uh and then like the, it very uh like meta when it, like he's like please don't send me to the in between of existence and, yeah. <laughs> and like rips him rips him off he's like ah! <laughs> but it's it's super prescient too because the whole thing is the sock puppets like why do i need to explain to you why things are offensive it's exhausting and like, go read a fucking book you, yeah you clearly have power over me that's the whole point of this and he's like be nice or i'll, I'll take you off he's like oh, oh yes sir and it's, it's just yeah, yeah. yes what <laughs> yes, yes sir <laughs> my my favorite song uh was kind of the emotional centerpiece probably but the you know a little bit of everything all of the time oh, the internet song when he's talking about the internet um I'm laughing my ass off. And then at some point throughout that, I just start bawling, crying um, in the weirdest way, because it's like, it's so fucking exhausting uh, the way that I live my life now and probably all of us without even thinking about it. I I just hop and I love stories. That's all I do. It's all I've ever cared about. But at the same time, it's like I get up in the morning and I scroll my Twitter feed unhealthy as that is. It's the first thing that I do as soon as I make my coffee. And I scroll through all these things, see what movies are coming out, see what stupid fucking things, stupid fucking people are saying. And then I get in my car and I turn on a podcast and I listen to that all the way until I get to work. And then I talk to people all day for a living. And when I'm not talking to them, I'm listening to the podcast on my AirPods or watching YouTube videos while I'm eating my lunch. And then I get home. You're watching TikTok videos, Crystal. (laughs) Now it's TikTok, (laughs) which is almost worse. I mean, it's so creative, but at the same time, such a fucking soul suck and then i get home and i'm like hi honey and hi dogs get off of me and i start playing video games or reading the book or turn on a movie with her and then when she goes to bed i turn on more tiktok videos or youtube or play more video games and then i go to sleep and at no fucking point throughout that day at any second was i just okay being me at all and it's exhausting mm-hmm. uh and i just that song just he was so able to capture the mania of it all and how it happened in his lifetime just like for us because we're the same age and we watched it just change completely because there was a brief nine-year period where we ran around outside and uh had to knock on each other's doors and see if we were home and stuff right uh and then we watched it change and we were there for it um i don't know i know that sounded maniacal but i just that stood out to me i mean it just stuck with me so much no, I think that that's at, that that is a very apt thing because like I'm like you, I I also had to work throughout the the pandemic, so I didn't really necessarily, um, you know, feel 
like I had that connection with the whole having to stay at home and quarantine. Yeah. All that stuff. But as you mentioned, like getting in your own head and like he often comments about like how awful it is. Like, Oh, why are we letting our kids poison themselves by constantly being on things that are only judged by people who run billion, billion dollar social media companies. Yeah. He's just laying on the pillow. Yeah. It's like, that was probably not a good. good. <laughs> I'm so horny. Such an, all the emoji. How did he do that? Where he had the emoji it was lights? A projector. Yeah. He, he used a projector shitload. It was awesome. Yeah. I think with the emoji, the projector is like probably like three feet in front of him. It's not where it typically is when it's shooting on the wall. Yeah. But that, but that was a great uh, sequence too, because uh, pretty much, there's just uh, it's just him in a dark room and the projector's only shining on his face but you see like a bunch of grapefruits like all over his face <laughs> yeah he's singing about sexting right um it's, it's it's that's a really good set piece send you a ticket uh, and then you send me a ferris wheel as a ticket <laughs> yeah. you send me a snowman okay we're Christ back averted. <laughs> Christ is averted yeah 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 um yeah, what was some, so Andy? You said what was your favorite song? The Sako song, and then yours was the Internet. Yeah, well, it was probably Accountability, the one we played. Yeah, uh, just because I, I I really like the art. Like I think that was the most cinematic mm-hmm. of his sequences because it was very. That was when we was like he's sweating and it looks like he's boxing, but then all of a sudden he. he uh, projects a, a white cross on his wall and he's like positioned himself like Jesus right. on it and it's really funny like it sounds so Zack Snyder in a way when I when I just describe it like that but it's a lot funny funnier than that uh, and then also what he's saying is just like oh yeah I probably had a Halloween costume because he's like I dressed like Aladdin when I was for Halloween when I was a kid but that's probably kind of messed up <laughs> uh, and, and I feel like that's something a lot of people can like uh see themselves in um just just ha- like seeing the mistakes that you made as a young person not knowing because he grew uh where does he say he grew up like in a connecticut or something like that like a very white yes yeah suburban area so he would like he didn't have the 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 lived experience of like seeing the the world through other people's lenses because he was just in that one kind of bubble uh and that's i feel like that's all of us mostly i mean we fuck we live in kentucky it's like basically the same thing you know what i mean sure um, and you have to actively seek out other groups to kind of get that experience and kind of at least feel like you can know something outside of what you grew up with. And I, 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 that song spoke to me. And also it's really catchy. No, hundred percent. A lot of them are just, just plain bangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but Andy was talking a little bit earlier and I think uh, about like uh, how offensive or non-offensive that Bo Burnham has been throughout his career. And mm-hmm. I, I think he's just to a point where he's, um, cause I've seen some things, some clips of his that are downright terrible now. Right. Really? But I think that that's fine. That's just the way that it is. And, and what I mean by that, obviously I have a lot of privilege and ability to say that, but I think comedy by its very nature is meant to cross the line. It's meant to yeah. push buttons. It's meant, and it, 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 it's really in everybody's own opinion where the line has been crossed or if it's been crossed too far, or if it's just crossed enough to have, to be funny. Um, and without crossing the line, you get popsicle stick jokes. Do you know what I mean? Which are, they're punny. That's neat. But that, that what, do you got? what do you got? What, what gets puns, man? Puns <laughs> no, I love puns. I'm just saying. Um, and what I kind think, of pants do the Mario brothers wear? <laughs> what kind? Denim, denim, denim. Exactly. <laughs> We'd be stuck with nothing but that. And I think also with that, it's like that quote from Seth Rogen that I dropped last week. Uh, I think I said it on air. I'm almost positive. I did when I was talking about his memoir, but 
you know, Seth Rogen said, I don't think anybody should be upset that certain jokes are not okay anymore. Comedians shouldn't feel like they're being canceled. They should just realize things have changed and that's yeah. just fucking offensive now and move on. That's the nature of comedy. And I think that Bo Burnham is saying that in, in, in that song. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't okay anymore. I'm fine with never saying it again, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's that's the way to look at it, at least for me. Um, but you said something earlier. You said that that song was cinematic. And I have a very a semantic, pretentious question to ask, if you'll indulge me, because I saw it on Twitter. Uh, do you think that Inside by Bo Burnham is a comedy special? Yes. Or do you think it's a movie? Um, can it be both? Sure. But I mean, yeah. just for the sake of artistic picking it apart, if I, I, were, if I were to call it one or another, I would call it a comedy special. I, I, I would have two. But when the question was asked to me, I started thinking about it and I almost think it's a movie simply because there's no audience. It's not live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also it does have a very definite beginning and uh, acts and set pieces and then a very definite ending where he like exits the apartment he's like trying to get back in and there's the the creepy spotlight but then Um, he had never exited at all he was just sitting there watching it bro it was super sad and uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and then that little smile uh but that's what made it seem like a lynchian movie Mm -hmm. rather than a comedy special to me and I was like, I think you could make a very strong case that this cinema. I had forgotten, but you just remind me there's one of his catchy songs. He's sitting there playing. And then when he would have a line that was funny, he would reach back and hit a laugh track and then keep going. Yeah. yeah. That was... Every now and then I had to watch I... a big chunk of it with subtitles and it almost ruined it because it would say like a disembodied laugh track or something. Oh, no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to pretend it's an audience. You know, That's funny. You uh Going back to the ending, I read that as he was smiling because he finished his special because a big thing was he was like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. And he was watching the special that he had finished and he was smiling because it had finally been completed. Oh, yeah. I didn't take it that way at all. I took it like uh, us going mm, content to his pain. <laughs> I'm about to. Yeah, um, yeah. That's how I took it. And I didn't have any shame at all. To answer your question, I think this is a special um it can be both. I think there's arguments for both sides. I lean more on the it's a special side uh, only because I've seen this argument of is it a comedy special or is it not raised against comedy specials that actually are taking place in front of a crowd like Mark, Mike Birbiglia gets these. Yeah, Birbiglia is a very, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's a linear storyteller type guy as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and to me. The, the best comedy to me, not like making people laugh is like a given, you know, that's like mm. the lowest bar you have to set for yourself for making a comedy special. What elevates it to me is if not only do you make people laugh, but you also remind people of what it's like to be alive, what it's like to be a person. It teaches you something either about yourself or about life in general. It gives you new perspective. It's not just ha 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 dick jokes. You know what I mean? It can be that. But I think what elevates it is just having that extra layer of adding of human experience to it. Like uh, we mentioned, Berbiglia does this. Uh, Bo obviously does this with this. Dave Chappelle, I feel like, is good at this. Uh, Patton Oswalt does this as well. Um, they're crafting a story. They're telling you these jokes, but all the jokes are in this self-contained narrative because most of the best comedians have a narrative that kind of flows through the entire thing. There's like a glue that keeps all the jokes together, but it's this pretty straight line of story that they're trying to get across yeah. and that's what this special does i feel like uh even without the audience 
And it, I mean, again, I, I, I hesitate to, I mean, it is a movie, but not because that, that, that word is so, it can be applied to anything that's like content nowadays. You know what I mean? But I don't necessarily feel like it, it lands in the movie category, at least for me. I think you could also argue that like to, uh, to call it a movie would be to detract from um, how genuine he is in the um, self-reflection and portrayal of his, you know, mental health and his weaknesses or whatever that because if you call it a movie, then you're calling that a character kind of um, and in doing so, it, it, it kind of detracts from like the impact could be of an autobiographical experience. Film. Sure. True. I guess for me, I don't see like you said, elevate and then you said detract. And I and this is where the pretentiousness comes in. But like I see like the calling it cinema, like to be a, uh, a what's the word? Um, like I'm lauding it like I'm saying it is above it's above Louis C.K., uh, Dave, you know, Dave Chappelle. It's its its own thing. Like I could I love Dave Chappelle so much. I think he's also a genius. Right. I don't know that I could if I walked into the Esquire, bought a bag of popcorn and sat down and watched a Dave Chappelle special uh, in one of the auditoriums. I would think that was a strange feeling, whereas I think I could watch Bo Burnham's inside. And mm-hmm. oh, I think it's a lot more than a comedy special. Absolutely. And be like, wow, yeah, like we buy tickets to it. Sure, it's definitely um, a hybrid of the two. I mean, that's there's no denying that. I think it's singularly unique, which is not hard to do nowadays. And I think in like 30 years, when there's a VH1 special about the pandemic, and there's been 12 minutes talking about the art that was created in it, this will this will be a huge chunk of that. It is yeah. experimental autobiographical comedic cinema. Yeah, German. new genre. Nailed it. Got it. We we would we would do our own streaming things inside coming to you soon. Streaming things coming inside you soon. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Let me play the accountable song again. <laughs> what was wrong? <laughs> How did you spell that coming word? <laughs> was there an O in there? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. so yeah, this is a great special. I highly, you know, it's on Netflix. So yeah, go go see it. You you're really gonna do yourself a favor if you just carve out uh, an hour and a half of your day to go watch it. I will say, if I do have one criticism, I do think it could be cut down a little shorter. Hmm. Um, there were uh, there's a section in the middle that I felt dragged. There's but- an intermission. There is an intermission. Also, I think that might have been a creative creative choice because it was a, oh, my God, I'm never going to finish this type of Mm -hmm. thing for him. I want to know what all was on the fucking cutting room floor, dude, because if he did it for that long. Oh, there had to be so much. It had to be so exhausted. I mean, he had all the free time in the world. I guess that was the point. True that. True that. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've we say it all the time. We create little things, right? I was just aghast. Steve and I were talking. I would have been so stressed trying to edit that. Steve and I were talking before you got here, like you knew it was something special right away when he turns on the headlamp and then the, looks up at the disco ball. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, this is going to be cool. That yeah. was the, the, as soon as he did that. So he's got a little like a little lamp on his head and there's a disco ball and the, the, he doesn't have the light on. He's like in this dark room. And then as soon as he hits to like the crescendo of the song, he turns on the light and just looks up and the light refracting off the disco ball just explodes onto the screen. And it's such a simple thing to do, but it added so much depth to that shot. Yeah. And that's within the first minute of the special. And, and as soon as that happened, I am, I literally 
leaned up in my seat and was like, what? <laughs> About to do some shit. Oh, man. I'm so, I'm so in. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely in all of his talent and jealous of all his gear. Sick gear, bro. Um, Dude, right? So we, gear. we here at Streaming Things do highly recommend you check out Inside uh, on Netflix by Bo Burnham. If you have not, like the rest of the world, already seen it, which we assume you have, which is why we decided to, to review that here on our show today. Do you guys have any other thoughts on Inside? I just So I didn't know that he had retired from stand-up stuff. I thought he just got busy with film because mm-hmm. he made eighth grade and you know, wrote and directed that. And then he was in Promising Young Woman. Um so when he was talking about, I decided like, you know, my mental health is getting better. I'm not having panic attacks anymore. Now I can come back. I was like, I didn't know you ever left, dude. I thought you just got busy. So I, it's kind of unnerving to think like, okay, he thought he was better. And so then he thought he could do something. And this was the result. Like, yeah, you're not better kind of thing. Um, or maybe he is, I don't, maybe it was cathartic, uh, to well, make this. Whole- not to undercut your point, but I think the whole point was that then the pandemic happened. So it was like, sure. Oh no. You know? Sure. Um, but like, obviously it didn't, the pandemic didn't help anybody's mental health. All, all I was getting at was I hope that he keeps doing more. Sure. Because I, I think yeah. that he is a singular talent. I'm glad that you did what I wanted to do, which was go back and watch what and make happy. Mm-hmm. Um, because that made me want more bow. Do I rewatch that last song from make happy so often? We're talking about um, look at all these hands they are too small, too big for a Pringle can. He's like, wouldn't have got the lettuce if I knew it wouldn't fit. Is it that one? Yeah, yeah, the burrito. Yeah, it's a really long thing, and he like acts like Kanye. He's like Kanye was complaining about selling his T-shirts and stuff. Yeah, but, but then he he gets super fucking serious, and yep. like, and I think that that is like Bo Burnham in a nutshell. His like comedy but also deep cutting self-reflection where he's like i can pretend that my biggest problems are burritos and pringle cans but really it's you i'm fucking terrified of you and yada yada and it's like that's it's fucking genius man it's deep just like that pringles can mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what he was trying to say man sometimes watching Bo, i really flash back to when i smoked weed i'm like yeah man i get it totally um, steve do you have any other thoughts uh, there's that quick scene uh, where he was like, I wanted to get this uh, uh, special done before I turned 30. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. Oh, it opens with the clock on the stool. Yeah. And it's literally just like, well, I'm going to. And he just films. And I, I, I don't this could be staged, but sure. I wondered. Yeah, I, it, it could 100 percent be staged. I'm going to I'm going to choose to believe that it wasn't agreed. But it was him just sit, sitting next to a clock. And it's a really brave choice. Where he's like, I'm just going to sit here and wait because I'm about to turn 30 in like a minute. I almost thought it was a joke and it was just going to be stuck or something because it took, it was a long minute. Yeah. yeah. And then when it finally like hits midnight and just his reaction to kind of like, hmm. I'm the same. I'm Yay. the same. Because that was, I don't know if you guys did that when you turned 30, but that's something I definitely did was I was just kind of like, here it comes. Fuck. I did do that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, same. That's over with. Yeah. So it was, you know. It, it, this is this is a very good special. There were certain birthdays where I almost forgot how old I was, which I always thought was bizarre when I saw other people do that. But like like twenty eight, I was like, am I twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty seven? You know. Um, but thirty was, um, I think, a monument to like where I was not in a way. Hundred percent. By thirty, I will have. Yeah. None of those things. Uh, like yeah. the 30 under 30, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I'm never going to make that list now. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's honestly, I, you know what, maybe it's not 
what this show's for. I know I do this a lot. It's kind of who I am, but also this is brought on by Bo Burnham. But I was actually venting to Andy yesterday uh, about uh, as much as I love this show, it's not growing the way that I hoped it would. Like we still don't have a stranger things level listenership, you know, when, which is obviously I get, that's what we do best. And that's what everybody knows us for. Um, but I was hoping to carry it because stranger things won't be on forever. So if, you know, in my own mind, I'm like, if we can't pick it up to that level without stranger things, then it will inevitably by definition die eventually. Right. Um, but not just the show. It's like, I have dozens of other projects that have, an nth of the amount of engagement that this show has that, that I love very much. And it's just so frustrating to constantly feel like you're shouting into the void all the time. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I know you know what I mean. You're here with me, but it's just like, you know, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter. It's right behind me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hello void. Hey boy, what you doing? <laughs> but over it's there? just like all the tweets and the TikToks and the YouTubes and the podcasts and the, and the songs and, uh, yeah. and the blogs and the films and the scripts and even the job applications uh and it just gets exhausting and i just get older and older and older <laughs> and i'm sorry i'm about to lose it so uh, Bo Burnham? no i i i'm <laughs> but, at the point where i constantly am always like dude i'm so tired of being tired because <laughs> i'm all like like what you said there's there's always something to do to try to get everything not even so much work, even that's part of it, but like the show and like other things, you're just trying to like make the things that you've always wanted to happen, happen. And it just is really difficult. And so after yeah. a while, you're just like, I'm so tired of just being tired. Yeah. And then you get like a fucking email from somebody in Norway that just loves the show. And you're like, Oh, I guess I'll do another one. You know, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm being funny, but I'm also not yeah, like, yeah. Oh shit. Uh, okay, cool. You know? Um, and, and it is related to Bo Burnham in the sense that like, even though he's really successful and he's using all of his like million dollar toys mm -hmm. at the same time, it was nice to see that even though people do hear him, I'm watching him on Netflix he feels the same way. So it's, it's like right. a double edged sword where it's almost sad. Like this feeling's never going to go away, no matter how many people listen to the show or how many emails I get, or if I ever actually do get to quit my job and support my family doing this kind of stuff, I'm still going to have days where I'm like, fuck this. Nobody cares. Kill me. Um, but also, um, so that's sad, but also it feels good to know that like, Hey, like I'm not alone. Like this isn't a crazy thought. This doesn't mean that I should quit doing this. This just means that I'm human and doing this is hard. Mm. Um, so that was why it was cool to watch that as well. So that. I'm so grateful that it exists. I love you too very much. You build me Aww. up buttercup. Aww, um, love you, buddy. Thank you to all of our listeners. Again, you can email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Chris at C Michael writes as in what Shakespeare does. Andy's on there as well. At Andy Mostays. Steve just created Not one. always, but usually. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, you can find me at Steve May 13. You can also call in and leave us a voicemail at 859-757-4051. Thank you all so much. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. This has been Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>